This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam, last year, we said probably 150, mid-150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine-pointer. Here, here steps out this 90-inch eight-pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90-inch eight-pointer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been at a buck down at 1.40 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 2.45, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes for like the 230th time. <laughs> You're extra crispy. You're actually on the mic. Yeah, actually on a, extra crispy right now. On a mic in the basement right after work. Um, Going to record a podcast, just me and homie here. Still lining people up for this series we've been hinting to you at, so uh, we're kind of saving those in the bank and recording us right now during the kind of the start of the Whitetail season, really, Yeah, right now, so... Let's get into the people that make this possible. We'll get in the show. Uh, let's start off with last breath, guys. The launch party is coming up, the twenty third of July. 
And there's going to be 35 heads there mounted by Wayne Ta- Tompkins taxidermy. And uh, all these people are going to be able to go there and pick up their mounts. But there's going to be a deer show. So if you do are in the local area and you have Wayne mount them, he can take them to this show. And you can kind of show your buddies, you know, that night instead of having them all come to your house and your wife get mad at you yeah, right. and come check out the deer that you shot last year. But that's just another cool feature, kind of like a little uh, like a little deer classic deer show up there. A um, lot of bucks, big bucks, nice bucks, yeah. drop time bucks, a lot of cool A lot of different, different stuff poses going on. too. Yeah. And you get a good idea of what Wayne can do, and uh, it's just cool. Everybody that's at that show likes looking at deer, mm-hmm. looking at deer mounts, so that's a nice little added feature. But we've mailed off multiple tickets, guys, um, from Pennsylvania to Virginia to, what was he saying, Ohio? Mm-hmm. Garrett was from Yeah, Louisiana. A um, bunch of them. So if you guys want to come, let us know. We'll mail those tickets off. It's getting close, so get a hold of us soon. And we'll get you some tickets, and you guys can make it up here. Um, you got Exodus this week? Yeah, uh, as we mentioned in our last week's episode that um, we're getting ready for the summer truck cam deployment. Maybe you're in the same boat, or maybe you got some cams out there already soaking. Um, either way, just wanted to remind you guys to update your firmware. Um, there's continuously new updates and improvements to the operating system of these cameras. And that's something that I wasn't really aware of, you know, we'll say six years ago. And... Um, that's something that I learned through the YouTube side of Exodus on their on the technical um, playlist there. So if you're looking for more information like that, uh, you can check them out on YouTube or uh, Trocam Radio. And uh, if you want to try one of these cameras, you can check that out at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Yeah. Format your cards, format your cameras, and buy your batteries. We just bought like 400. <laughs> 432 batteries. 432 <laughs> batteries, one, one rip. So we should be good for the year, hopefully. Um, do you have the bow hunting league? Yeah, I seen uh, the update here. It was probably last Friday that there was 229 teams entered in currently. I know it's still early. We're only a week or two into signups, and that's going to get um, more heavily predominant as it closes there in August. So right now, there's only about 700 guys going to be participating. So your your odds are fairly good to get into um, the competition and like actually be in the competition if you can get a buck down and um you know like i said there last week also you got some interstate um prizes and competitions as well so it's not the overall that uh, you can also necessarily be worried about but also the interstate um competition so still only 700 guys right now are signed up so the odds are in your favor i feel like you got a good chance out there so uh go ahead and get signed up at bowhuntingleague.com three-man team and uh, just go out there and, and hopefully smash. Yeah. We're, we're in it, um, hopefully, to put down a little more bow inches than we did last year. We did all right. We did all right. We're, Y'all did all we're right. Gonna go, we're going we're gonna to step it up this year. But, uh, well, uh, that's it, right? Yes. Here we go. Yeah. This Here episode, go. Um, la- last two years, I think we've done this, or at least last year. But mm-hmm. anyways, it, you guys really liked it. And basically, it's our talking back and forth, game planning, of how we're going to hunt a 200-inch deer on public land. Last year, it was a 190-inch deer. We were right on the money. I think he was a little bit better than 190. Mm-hmm. So we're saying he's going to be 200 this year. We know he's still alive. No hunters killed him. We know in January he was still kicking. So uh, he was on that last car pull. So, I mean, if, if, if nothing else, he got hit by a car or something crazy happened, he's still out there running around. Um, and kind of going into our 
our talk here, we're not going to put cams out for a while, but once he is on there, you know, if, if he's not on those cams, we know he's not there. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to – this isn't a deer that disappears. He's in the same area, you know, consistently the last three years. So Yeah. So we're going to break it down and kind of talk about some stuff that we messed up on last year and stuff that we're going to change this year. Saying all that, the year before when he's 170 – we encountered him, and then last year when he was 190, we did encounter him just right out of bow range. So this isn't some mythical deer that we're just getting trail cam pictures. <laughs> you know, we're actually seeing this deer, and uh, we're right on the edge of him. Like, we're we're missing him, and he's hitting one of our cams, and we're out there hunting. We're only a few hundred yards off. So we're right we're right in his, in his area. It's just really fine-tuning, and hopefully, like they say, when these bucks get older, their home range shrinks, and this deer's home range needs to shrink a lot. Yeah, a, a lot. He needs and to stop moving. For for you guys that have been following us and followed our rutcation last year and, you know, just the podcast in general, just like when Cody was chasing Freeze, like, you just get on this deer, and, you know, it's, it's what it's about. And I just got asked here on Saturday, like, what do I love most about hunting? And, you know, all the memories and everything are great, but, like, when you get that emotional attachment to the deer and then you're able to get it done or, you know, just be able to chase that deer because you really like that deer, doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest because my number two deer is not the biggest by any stretch of the word big. And um, just having that connection with the deer and year after year after year, um, it, it's going to be cool to just have at least, you know, hopefully another go around if, if he shows up. Yep. So we can kind of dig into it, but so this is a four. This would be a four-year chase. That's how long we were on Magnum. You know, it was four year or uh, freeze. The four, the four three on freeze. Three on freeze. Yep. Okay, so it took us three years to kind of pin him down. That was on a small property. Yeah. So this fourth year on this, I we I feel like we got a really good idea of where this deer is at, what time of the year he's at. Um, he's late October. He's at a completely different area than he is during the rut and. We used to never be able to hunt this property late October, and they've kind of moved the dates around where we can hunt him and then kind of hunt him later rut. So the later rut's going to throw a curveball mm-hmm. on us for sure. Um, but the earlier October kind of really opens up some opportunities for us to go in there and hunt, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, because this, the time that he's showing up on cam is the times that we haven't been able to been out there in the October time yeah. frame. So this year we're getting that opportunity when he does start showing up in the October time frame and foregoing that first week of November, which I know we've seen him the first part of November two times, but I feel like he he's more active in that October time frame. He's more active in the area that we're hunting for sure in that late October. Yeah. He's starting to hit those scrapes and feel out that area and then i feel like when the rut hits he's making that two three mile trek pretty much daily i know and covering so much ground i feel like that october he kind of necks down and this really works that little area and then when november comes he just explodes you know when (laughs) halloween you know the first november he just all right i'm i'm running everywhere but so things we messed up on last year multiple properties we were hunting multiple different properties we were trying to figure out so we had this giant buck and we knew we were going to put some work in on him but we had all these extra cams and we were just kind of really gung-ho last year we had kind of we were working with some companies on kind of like a series that never came for 
you know, came through. So we were running a bunch of cams in a bunch of different areas. And uh, we got absolute, I got absolutely burnt out running cams because you're just, I don't know how many pools we did. It, it was a few and it was always hot and mm-hmm. it wasn't like a 35 minute pool. It was like a four and a half <laughs> hour yeah. pool. You know, it was, I was, I was watching some of that footage there last night and just your shirt, like, I mean, it was down to your belly button, just soaked in sweat, you know, yeah. it's, and it was just part of what we were doing. And, um, after about three of those, you're like, all right, what am I really doing yeah, here? I mean, you know? And then we had, we kind of got sidetracked on. We, we yeah, I was to say we threw a lot of effort at a deer, which I mean, I think everybody would have yeah. thrown some effort at it, but it was just a random big deer that you know we 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 had no intel to go off of other than he's on cam. Yeah, we had no intel from the past years at all. We just found a, a giant typical deer and was like, okay, we're gonna go in after him, and we moved some of our cams out of Magnum and kind of focused on this deer, ran some mobiles over there and the deer gave us maybe three times, four times on cam and then never showed back up. Mm-hmm. Um, went hard horn and then kind of vanished. So that was a huge mess up. We knew we wanted to hunt Magnum. That was like our number one, but then we had this other buck. We we're like, Whoa, okay. He's here right now. This thing's, you know, another absolute giant. It's a lot, it's in a different area than Magnum altogether, um, you know, so we maybe we could hunt this deer early and not hunt Magnum and pressure him. That was what's kind of going through our mind. But then we're taking, you know, resources, resources from away Magnum. from Magnum to try to go after this other deer. So the number one thing is we're not going to tar- try to target eight, ten different bucks. We're going to try to target Magnum, and if there's a deer in his area, well, you know, and he comes by, that's great too. Yeah. But... We're not going to try to spread ourselves so thin on that property to try to learn the whole thing at one time. We're not going to hunt the Magnum Zone or the Mag, mag every every time we hunt. Like if the wind's wrong or we got something to go, there's still other spots that we want to go. Yeah, like I wouldn't say the first 10 days of season that we need to be in the Magnum Zone unless yeah. for some reason he's in there and yep. we know he's in there. If, you know, we need to be up there at Pickles or, yeah. you know, somewhere on that little uh, the edge over pinch, there. Yeah, yeah, right there. Um, no reason to be in the Magnum Zone on October second. I yeah. mean, would be great. If we get he's there. jacked up and we want to go back there. <laughs> yeah, and then it's never. No it's, reason to be back yeah. there. There's already plenty of other hunters back there, and we just need to wait. And just like last year, if on the, if we got that picture on the twenty third, we're like, okay, now we can yeah. go. Yeah. So number one, we're gonna make sure that we have our resources on Magnum. So that means for us. Magnum is very in a very very hard area to get to for access and for like hunting wise like even like the drive to get close to pull cam is pretty much impossible. Yeah. So they lock the main gate and you got to bike in and you got to walk all the way back there and pull your cam. So you're talking a 6-hour deal after you bike in, walk back there, half a day deal to just go pull cams. So we are going to run cams back there, but we're going to run an atzload of mobile cams back there. That's our, when you have three kids, homie has two kids, you got jobs. Our, the mobile cams are becoming more and more valuable and less expensive. Like mm-hmm. at first you're like, man, this is gonna cost me 10 bucks a month or $15 a month to run this camera out there. Plus I gotta buy the camera. But now it's like, okay, 
and now I don't have to go out there and pull all these cards. So we're going to put a ton of resources in his zone where we know that he likes to be, he likes to live, and I'm kind of excited for that because we're going to put cams in areas we never have, and that might pinpoint stuff even for more. other bucks even that you know that we can kill that we've just been missing so last year we kind of went to okay this is where we had him on cam in the past this is what we're going to do and then we spread out from there like thousands of acres on different pieces and we're like we're going to run some over here well, i've seen a good buck over here in the summer we're going to run some over here i've seen good bucks here in the past we're going to put some over here and then it was let's move this over here, let's move that over there, and it was just a jumbled-up mess where now it's going to be, he's back here, we know where he likes to be, we're going to run the cams where he's at, and when he shows up, he shows up. Last year, we are trying to find him. You know, we were trying to find him early, and and he's not on that property early. Yeah, that's just what I was going to say. Like, we were trying to find him early so we could, you know, get on him because we know our time's limited there. And I will say one good thing about us putting in that work last year and dispersing like that is now we know this year that we don't have to do that. Yeah, we kind of got like, a really good idea where go, the deer. And this is just in general, if you're trying to learn a property or you got a new lease or something, just go balls to the wall one year. It's going to suck, but just get out there, work your ass off, and figure it out. And then next year, you, you know the intel. If everything's relatively the same, you're going to have that intel to bank on and pull from for years for years ahead. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be able to do this year. Don't want to make it sound like we're not jacked up and ready to go, but we're trying to be more efficient with our time, more efficient with our cams, our hunts, and get in there when we need to be in there. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, we... Our, we were always playing the edge of this deer's zone because we did not want to bump him. Because finding the bedding area in this place is very, very, very hard. Um, it's like overgrown pasture, nasty ground, deer bed everywhere. We bump deer all the time when you're walking through there to go hunt. They're bedded in just random spots. Um, so we don't know exactly where he's bedding. So before we had an idea where he's at, but we were always like, okay, we're going to play on the edge hunt this doe family group that he likes to visit and hunt downwind of this doe bedding this year we're gonna we feel like this is the year to kill him or it's gonna be over you know mm -hmm. someone else is gonna kill him more people are starting to know about him and he's you know absolute giant we know that the neighbors on the private know about him but anyways we're gonna go back into some stuff that we've never hunted in you know we ran cameras back there and we were just trying to play the edge and that's where we're going to be running more cameras too and the we were hunting him on this very far like east edge and uh there's a bunch of guys kind of like right in the middle and then there's no one on his western edge and that's kind of where we're going to plan is we every time we've seen him he's either been coming out or going to that western edge mm -hmm. so we're going to try to play that western edge more now and third thing is is we're going to play that center we've been really nice to the guys out there on this public land trying not to hunt in the same places that they hunt but you know it's come to it's it's time it's time to <laughs> push push the edges a little bit it is public land we have been really nice about 
you know, not stepping on any toes out there. If there's a stand in the area, we're not hunting there. If there's cameras, but this year we're just going full send on it. Um, we're tired of going in here and hunting this deer and we, we want someone to kill him. Of course we want it to be us, but once this deer is out of that area, I don't know if we're hunted. We definitely won't hunt it as hard as we are right now. Yeah. So we're going to go in there and, and hunt a certain couple spots on that ridge. Cause we're not talking like, Oh, we're giving them five acres. We're giving them a, we're, you know, there's like four or five guys and sometimes they hunt, sometimes they hunt together. Sometimes they don't, we're giving them a giant chunk and huge chunk yeah and they've been pushing into the stuff that we hunt a little bit a little bit a little bit so we're like okay this year we're just going to try and go full send on if if we feel like that's where we need to be we're going to go so first thing we're going to be more efficient with our cams in the area second thing is we're not going to try to hunt the edge of this deer's core area we're going to try to get in there and if we bump him at least it was us and someone else instead of someone else Mm -hmm. you know we're going to try to get right up in his grill and try to hunt him. And the wind is going to do weird stuff back there. We have no idea what it's going to do. So that would be a learning curve. Um, we need to really do some observation sets and try to figure out how the deer are working through that area back there on the first couple hunts. You know, an observation set where you could still kill them, but just have an idea of what goes on past those ridges because we don't really know. No, yeah, and it is so steep back there. Yeah. At least right at the crotch of where we walked up to last mm-hmm. year. Like, that is yeah. down. Straight down, yeah. So Compared to the top, that's, you know, relatively yeah, close relatively there. flat. So we're going to be going back in there. We wanted to do it last year. We are going to go in there on the ground, and we never did end up going. And then that's where he'd come out of and then went back into. So um, definitely know he's back in there in the daylight cruising around. So we've necked him down from maybe, like, say 250 to probably 100 i'd say yeah acres you know so i mean if you can take 150 acres off a deer's core area a year that's pretty dang good you can get him neck down to some you know and i feel like that is the the part that he's on and that's it besides him going up yeah when he flies up there yeah, yeah when he flies up there other than that and i i mean you can look at it on a map and probably pick how he goes right up there mm-hmm. i mean we've done that i think a couple times and but other than that i think he stays in that little rectangle on that piece and then he's on the private yeah i think he lives mostly on the private but there's just so many does two, that are yeah, up in there two thirds on the private and probably a third yeah up here coming up in there so i mean the private's got way better way better land it's got oaks it's got the food plots we got any oaks at all no food plots on there mm-hmm. you know we're just we just have does and cover nasty yeah. nasty cover so um so let's see we did the trail cams more efficient we're actually going to be in his area and we're not going to let other people deter where we hunt i think we should dig into that a little bit more so these guys been super solid and uh they're all out there they know this deer's alive. Mm-hmm. They're one of the few people that are actually putting in the work to get back there and hunt this deer. So we were kind of like, man, these guys are working just as hard as us. This is an insane amount of work. Um, let's just kind of give them this area. And I don't know if we're dicks for <laughs> finally being like, man, we're going to kind of, we're not going to be hunting a hundred yards from your stand, but we're going to be on this ridge. Yeah. And, and I mean, 
isn't there one just in the timber, like 30, 40 yards yeah, right there where yeah. the timber starts to really yeah. pick up? I mean, we'll be within 100 yards of that stand, almost guarantee. But, you know, like, we were out there on a Friday, and we're midday, we're gonna, yeah. midday scouting. We're on a Friday. We've seen this lone wolf hanging in this tree. There's a killer scrape right there, and we were trying to find a spot to set up, but then we seen that lone wolf there, and then we seen this other stand about, you know, 50 yards from it, and I was like, you know, we're, we're toss-up. Do you hunt here, or do you set up here for the evening hunt? And the way we were doing it is when you'd set up for the evening hunt, you'd come back in in the morning. You'd already be set up. That way you're not setting up in the dark. But I'm like, well, tomorrow's Saturday. Like, that would be a really good day for them guys to be out here just because it's Saturday and it's November 8th. Mm-hmm. You know, like, wh- what else are you going to be doing if, if you're out here? Yeah. And um, we ultimately decided not to But we, end up but we setting could up see there. that ridge and no one hunted there. No one hunted yeah, and, at all. And no one, yep. And that's when we absolutely killed ourselves trying to find another spot. Yeah. And we could have been set up there in a good area but we were in our mind we we're like okay these guys are going to come in we're going to be 150 yards from them we're all going to be hunting together on this ridge there's a lot of other ground let's try to cut off this pinch over here but that guy is in the spot mm-hmm. one, yeah one of those guys if he listens to this podcast he's he's in the spot the deer went right by your stand dude twice <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so uh you're in the spot where you where we need to be and it just goes back you out there on a public and you see a stand you're like man is this guy gonna hunt here tomorrow am i in here early and he's gonna come in two hours left of daylight like there's a lot of factors that play into your decision making when when you're out there trying to pick yeah, pick a spot to go with potentially yeah, other people just like you said like nobody wants to go out there and have a shit hunt mm-hmm. or nobody wants to go out there and have you know some guy creeping in on them or you walk into your spot and you got a guy set up right there. I mean, nobody wants that. And just like you said earlier, we know how much work it takes to be back there and do do what we're doing and do what they're doing, you know. And it's just kind of a, a mutual respect thing. But three years, man, like, yeah. you know, I mean, there comes a point in time where, and just like you said, they're kind of creeping. Yeah. They're drifting a little bit here and there. So, you know, we're... They got on the ground and chased this deer. Yeah, yeah. That's like, the only way that one other guy has seen this deer, other than Cody and I. And that was one time he walked probably a half mile, yeah. maybe a little more on the ground, on the trying ground. to like stalk this deer. Once they did that, I'm like, these guys were literally—they're not afraid about bumping this deer. They will literally do anything to kill this deer. So we got to stop being like, okay, they're gonna kind of chill in their area. We'll we'll hunt around them. Mm-hmm. We just gotta—we know where we need to go. We're just gonna go there and hunt it. Because I feel like he's frequenting that scrape, and they don't they don't have no cameras down there in that bottom. I was, I'm like, I was just thinking, I was like, I want, I, can't. I guarantee you, he he's in there. Yeah, you yeah. know he works the top scrapes and does a big circle. Because the other guy has one north yeah. of there, right? Yeah. And then he's got one in the corner. Yeah. And then you had seen one on the south end. Very far on the south, yeah. Okay, but there's nothing in the middle. Nothing in the middle right yeah. there. And Remember, that, that's where I almost hung it. I was going to hang stuff in there, but then there was like cam, 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 cam. Yeah. And I was like, damn, we're right in this guy's area. Um, and we've had a lot of problems with trail cameras out there in the past. So we're like, man, you know, I don't want my shit mess with if, mm-hmm. if it's right here by all this other guy's stuff. Yeah, because, so. I mean, if he's checking the cam north and he's got the one south, he needs to go out there and change a card or batteries yeah. or whatever. 
I mean, you're still out there kind of monitoring your cell cam. Yeah. You're at least checking on the shit. Yeah. And um, so that's that's one thing we have to do. We just have to be a little bit more savage to, to try and kill this deer, which isn't really our personality type. We're kind of I'm I'm not I'm kind of like laid back. You know, I would like to see anybody kill the deer. Of course, mm-hmm. we want to kill them. But uh, if someone else killed them, I'd be there help dragging them out just because it's we're in there because of that deer. Yeah. There's other de- good deer there, but there's also other good deer everywhere. You and know? I mean, not to be like a dick about it, but it's well within the rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's public land. We've well been, within the rules. We've been playing it like that's their private ridge for three years. <laughs> it, yeah. A hundred percent. You know, and, and like I said, they keep creeping towards us and then they got on the ground and ran after this deer. And when they told me that, I was like, okay, that's, that's about on that type of terrain, that is the least chance that you ever have to kill that deer. The when, only th- you, when you can't see 25 feet in front of you. Yeah, but, I mean, they did it. So I'm like, well, it, all all the cards are out on the table now. It's it's straight. We're just out there all trying to hunt. And like I said, that's the only other guy that's actually seen this deer alive. And we've seen, mm-hmm. you know. So the cams targeted more. The ground, way less acreage the hunter pressure we're going to be right in the mix of those other guys and the time of the year is going to change so let's dig in on that a little bit time of the year so this place has a limited time that you can hunt it and go in there so we're going to go in there it switched a week earlier which is actually beneficial for us so we talk about that past year camera data you know mm-hmm. oh well this picture on October 27th, it's November 3rd right now. That's not going to help me kill him, you know, this year. But for us, having that daylight picture at almost 8 in the morning on, you know, November or on October 27th or 28th, and then he was there on the 27th, and then he was there like the 24th, and, the you know, he was there repeatedly over and over and over, and we cannot hunt it. We had another buck daylight there like the 22nd in the evening so we're like okay we know where we need to be late october in the evening mm-hmm. and we never had that option before but if we wouldn't have ran a camera there for that all day or all year set even though we don't we don't get them on camera where when we can hunt them we don't get them on camera there yeah yeah you know we wouldn't have had that intel but knowing that if the shit changes, you need that intel. Now we got it. We can make a move in there. So that all-year camera soak of us just leaving it in that area really helped us out. And also, you know, getting pictures from other people help help you out. We've said that multiple times. You know, you get a picture from someone else. Don't just, oh, they got my deer and get pissed. Try to figure out what, what they got going on, where that cam is, where they're hunting. And that'll help put a lot of pieces together on what you got what you got going yeah and um we run the cams kind of in the same spot i mean really close to the same spots as we did two years ago so that even helps reaffirm you know and i think last year we didn't have him on the kill tree in the back we didn't we didn't have him on cam but two years ago we did and he was coming into the property so i'm not saying that he never went that on that side but we can at least, you know, draw a line somewhere pretty close there that he didn't, you We've know. We've never encountered him over there. No. Nope. We've never seen him go over there. 
and we've never got a trail cam picture of him over there besides one time at 3 a.m. coming off a doe. What we what we need, what we really need is the two times that I had him going out on the cell cam. Yeah. Going up there. I need to see if he went up up there. Yeah. Like that would be nice to know. Yeah. Because then it would be like, okay, this is the exact yeah, line. This is the line. Like this that, is the this line. This is the line that he's comfortable traveling. Because when we seen him, he was coming off the hot corner, back around, did a big circle up there, and then went right back into the hot corner. Mm-hmm. So it's like he come out of his bedding, out of there, went up there, found a doe, did a big circle, then rolled right back out and went right back out the hot corner and right back into where he likes to be. I also had him coming in on the cell cam there one one time, I think. I know one time he come up from the south. Yeah. Um, but one time he come in and then he, I got him on the trek on the other side of... Yeah, where he looped around. Yeah, I yeah. need to see, is there anywhere to bed in between there? Because I know it's really wide open for a long ass way up there. Yeah. Once you get out of that, where that, where the draw, the rid, the ravine. Yeah, he could, he could bed in the ravine and then go to and the And then field. just pop right up yeah. there. And that's why I think that guy keeps hunting in that ravine. Yeah, he must have a cam down there and gets him slipping. Gets him slipping. Slipping right, right through on, there. Yeah, because... This guy hunts just as much as we do. He does have an e-bike, crossbow hunter, and he is in this ravine repeatedly over and over and over and over. And we know people to the north of there have pictures on Magnum. We know this dude probably does. But him killing him there is like he doesn't have a shot in hell because the only time he's going to be there is night. I mean, he's got a random shot, but he's not in his core area by any means. No. But it's like that picture you get at like 2 a.m. You're like, oh, there's a giant out here somewhere. But you never got a daylight picture of him. You never seen him. If it was like this deer, he would be damn near two miles away from you, you know, repeatedly. So I feel like that guy, the only reason he's walking down that giant ravine and hunting is because there is something down there that's perking his interest enough to repeatedly right, right. go down in there. Well, this deer was by this cam, so I'm yeah. just going to sit here until this deer comes by and this I, cam. And we talked to him to a couple times. He was yeah, decent, he seems, but yeah. seems like he, you know, pretty knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's a lot of people out there that— I mean, he's got a lot invested in his setup. Yeah, yeah. Hell, and he had a stand on the opposite side of us the year before, remember, up on top of the ridge. On, on the, in the tree. Yeah, in, in a tree, right? where We would walk underneath him every morning— and going back to our stuff, and he would stay on this side of the pretty much ride his e-bike almost all the way to his tree. Yeah, yeah, literally hop 80 out, yards. Yeah, <laughs> and then hop off and get in. So we were going way past him. But that was the same time. We were out there. We could see three guys in trees mm-hmm. all out there. We were right in the middle of them. We were like, man, we ain't got a shot. If something runs through here, something's going to be shot at. Yeah, you know? yeah. So back to the time change or the... the um Time time change is that what we're calling year change year yeah. yeah time of year change there we go um, get back to that like I think that's that and how tore up that center part was there mm-hmm. I think those two things are what I'm most excited about yeah because if we're in the middle there there's there is a chance he could be at seventy yards again but more than likely he's going to be less than forty and it's going to be you know it's yeah. going to be go time then. So I, I like that and the time of year change just because he's been more active on camera mm-hmm. during that time frame. And if we would have been hunting last year, we would have probably been in the rut tree mm-hmm. and on the 28th in the morning, we would have seen him. Yeah. So we, then we would have seen him twice. Mm-hmm. So like that's good. Yeah. But I, and just hunting in general 
for me, like that 21st through Halloween is a really, I love that time. Yeah. It's when they're starting to hit the scrapes and yeah, we yeah. haven't really hunted the scrapes because by the time we can get back in there, they're chasing does. Yeah. They're, it's, it's full, full. So run. we're like, man, the scrapes are kind of, you know, we're, we'll set on them every now and then if and we ain't got not nothing a going. shitload of them out there no. just because of the terrain. It's just like Cody said, it's the pasture deal again. Yeah, you go to the other public we hunt, it's more like a hardwood timber. <laughs> you wouldn't get you 10 yards and you'd be you set up. You can't pick a scrape to set over. There's just scrapes everywhere. You know, it's just really hard to, to pinpoint. But out there, if you find one that's hit pretty good, it's there's something using it because there's not very many of them. You just don't see it because they got it. I mean, they're in shoulder shoulder height grass yeah. all the time, you know, for for them, and they and they're they're prickly bushes everywhere. And they just don't like making scrapes on. And th- then you get to where like there's one hardwood tree. There's probably a scrape close, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what that ridge has. It has some more some decent trees on it. Something that you would think a deer would be in. <laughs> yeah, and it's still the. The wind does a bunch of weird stuff in it too. We went went over there yes or last year and tried to figure that out, but that'd be another challenge. With everything that you change every year, there's definitely a challenge. But we're going into our fourth year chasing. You know, definitely it was 190 last year all day. So we said 200 this year just to get everyone hyped up. It gets me hyped up to go <laughs> yeah, back in there. But uh, the chance at another 190, um, we keep saying how many. How many years are we going to have the opportunity to hunt a 190-class deer? But for the last five years, we've had the opportunity at a 190-class deer, 170 or better for sure. And last year, like, we, I don't know, we hunted there, what to say, three times, four times, that uh, we were like, what if that random giant yeah, from July just <laughs> come out of nowhere and showed up? Like, Magnum is where the, the heart is, but... That random giant. This random 181 typical, you know. Yeah, I mean. This 181, 91 typical. I mean, if he shows up. Yeah, oh, you're all in. Yeah, I mean, I he, mean, and what's crazy is the buck I end up did shooting out there was, was like running in his him. bachelor group in the summer. And he came right through the pinch that we thought Magnum was going <laughs> to come through, which Magnum did come through the day before. And we yeah. hunted it again, and then I killed my buck. But imagine if that was the typical that would have come through there. We'd oh. been about the... We'd be geniuses. Yeah. You know, we kill a 190 typical off public. Like, oh, we just seen a 190 here yesterday, set up on that same trail, 190 Yeah, today. you know, it just... <laughs> so... Dude, How dumb does that sound? The hopes are definitely high out there, but what we did notice was when we did start hunting this area kind of last year, we don't, we didn't see the amount of bucks that we normally see. Mm-mm. We were... The amount of, like, other bucks in his area is a lot smaller. So that goes back to... Got to make a decision. Are you going to hunt a buck? You're going to hunt to try to kill a buck, or are you going to try to hunt to kill the buck? You know, so that's like we said, we're going to try to be in his zone more. The days that the magnum days that we decide that we're going to dedicate to him. And uh, that goes to say, one of us, both of us might not kill because we're dedicating these days like. Last year, we're out balls deep in this public and on the mobile cam, on the private. We got this 150 stand. Yeah, 150-yard walk. Trees or stands already set, 150, 10, daylight as hell. We're already hunting. The wind's right for that area. And here we are after Magnum when we could have smoked this deer. So that's a choice that you got to take. And you just got to dedicate those days to saying, okay, I'm going to do this day 
is Magnum Day. We're going to try to go in there. Yeah, and, uh, and just like we said at the end of the No Picnic series, like we we're burnt out, we got our ass kicked, and you know we weren't going to do that again, and and we're not necessarily going to do that again per se. But just like Cody said, we are going to have some days where we know, like probably a three day stretch there, mm-hmm. November, and there's going to be another three or four day stretch there in the prime Late of October. the October yeah. that you just gotta. You got to get in there. And so probably six to it. eight days are going to be dedicated to him, you know, and about as many days as you want to bike out there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm not excited for that at all. No. Biking that little deer that I shot out of there was brutal. Oh. So, well, we're gonna have we're gonna have twelve people. Yeah, out if there. we shoot him, it'd be different. It'd be like, what'd you shoot? Ah, oh, like a one fifteen. Oh, okay, cool. What'd you shoot? Like a two hundred. Oh yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> grab a grab a kicker point. Let's yeah, grab a kicker. <laughs> But yeah, the hopes are high just to see what he did last year. He threw up all kinds of crazy stuff. So hopefully he's got the a bunch deepest of, splits you ever yeah, seen. Hopefully he's got a bunch of crazy stuff going on and just out there kicking around and he, doing deer shit yeah. on this piece because it's we're getting that you know dialed in yeah. a little bit. So hopefully he just keeps doing Magnum shit and all is good. Come yeah, keeps, October twenty eighth, doing the stuff they likes to do, and we're kind of finally. Over the years, picking out the spots he likes to be at the certain times of year, the scrapes he likes to hit at certain times of year, and the routes that he likes to take certain times of the year. And that's where you're like, okay, now instead of me just blindly hunting in an area, I'm hunting in an area that he was here using this trail to get to a point. You know, and that's why I feel like we were doing last year. We were just kind of like, we're in his area. Here's a chance that he comes by. Now we collect more data, and now we're like, okay, we're in his area, but we're on this trail that he used this day or the day before this day last year to go up here to hit this scrape in the daylight. Or we've seen him come off this, not on a doe, just like cruising. Because once you get him on a doe, I don't think you can – you know he's in that area, but I don't think you can use any of that as actual intel. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just randomly doing rut stuff. Right. So – but I feel like now we got a better game plan of actually encountering him maybe a couple times, which would I would you know if we if you can encounter him two times, if the deer is out of shooting range, what can you do? You can buy a crossbow and shoot further, or you can keep going out there and getting getting damn near in shooting range. And that's the thing that we've said on this podcast. I don't know how many times we're really good at finding big deer hunting them and getting really close but that final finish is the problem that we have and we do we finish on deer we kill deer but when it's the deer and we hunt the deer a lot you know we pick a deer that we like and we try to kill that deer and that's something that we like to do if we were just out there trying to kill any deer it would be different we'd be hunting way different areas we'd be doing things different but when you have that quality of deer you're kind of like oh man i might kill something else but i'm gonna weigh more towards the magnum zone yeah so that's that's the game plan you know a little, little more savage a little more aggressive getting into his area um a little more targeted with our cams not worrying about oh, what else could be out here maybe we can get one down early october and then we can cruise over here and kill him because everybody likes to get big deer on cam. Yeah. And, I mean, there's nobody that loves 
trail cameras and all that shit more than more than us yeah. and getting you know a nice pick of a deer that you would shoot in the daylight yeah so we're just gonna have to sacrifice that a little bit mm-hmm. for more magnum intel yeah try to get try to scoop that in his area actually have a couple preset stands in his area that's another game plan because the preset stand isn't only an easier option than packing in. It's a deterrent to other hunters, just like us. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, there's a stand over here. Like, you're going to go hunt this area. Ah, oh, man, there's a stand over here. Maybe he's going to be here this afternoon, or maybe he's going to be here in the morning. Maybe, oh, I've seen this guy in here. He hunts this area a lot. I'm not going to go in there. Um, so that's something that we're going to try to do. At least have one or two preset stands so we could just go in there and hunt and then also deter other people from maybe being in that area so that's something that we noticed last year we were doing a lot on public we'd go somewhere there's a stand and then you almost like wipe it off you're like ah man i don't really feel good about this spot because and if there's a mobile cam there then i'm real like okay this guy's got a mobile cam out here he knows what's coming through I feel like that the mobile cams here this is where he's probably hunting the most Mm -hmm. so does this guy hunt once a month or does he hunt three or four times a week like what it, what's he got going on so he's at least vested to yeah, a to a, a certain degree to invested, have the cell cam out yeah, there running you know so, so it's not just like this is a random Jim stand Bob out there he hung three years ago and it's still hanging there but right. if you got a cell cam that's working in the area okay this guy's been in here invested in this area he wants to hunt this area so right, right. that's something that we're going to try to do um, we don't really run cameras by our stands out there a lot we're just trying to we did the one time, but not really. We were so spread out. We have a bunch of cams, but man, when I say we were spread out, we were spread out. We it, had stuff at everywhere. Least, at least in the the center. Yeah. There. But there was a couple spots where we had shit kind of tight. Yeah. Real tight. Trying like to, on the on the typical. Yeah. Shit was tight. We had like five cams and over there looking for west side. Yards. Yeah. Shit was tight. Yeah. COVID, shit's tight. Yeah. Magnum? Yeah. Shit where was, you, just trying, that's, what, that's what we said earlier, is like trying to locate. Yeah. Still alive, bud. Yeah. But when you when you go into the season knowing that, all right, we just got to get in here and be patient and hunker down. Yeah. Just got to get in there where we know he likes to be, hunker down, and try to make it happen. So mm-hmm. every year we're like, we're getting more aggressive. We're getting more aggressive. <laughs> we're getting about as aggressive as you can get on this deer this year. Because I feel like this is the year he's either going to get shot or he's going to disappear. Because, I mean, you don't get that many years to <sighs> chase after it, this deer. You know, it's just, it seems like, because he's been, that deer's been all over that property from when we first yeah. found him. <laughs> like, the first data that we ever got of him, just wipe that off the table. It has no yeah, content at is... all. He could, he was probably a three-year-old. When he went to a four-year-old, he completely changed his whole entire core area. I was just saying, yeah. It uh, the only thing that that is is a picture saying this deer was here. Yeah, and I I just added another year to the story. Yeah, that is it. That's it. Other than that, that thing. But then you're like, oh, he'll be back there in the summer this year. And then nope. when the random typical was up there, I was like, shit, like yeah, he's he's back to where he was two years ago. So maybe it has something to do with the crops. Yeah, or, you know, we can we can apply this going forward. Yeah. But then it's not Magnum yeah. and. It's a disaster. It's, it's still wiped off the board. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the game plan. And hopefully you can pick something up out of this to maybe target a buck that you have. Maybe you're spreading yourself too thin on a deer. 
maybe you're trying to play the edge on a deer and not crush in on his area because you don't want to bump him onto the private or onto the other your neighbors um maybe your your buddy you know someone else is hunting on your property and you're trying to give him his space maybe this is the year we say hey man it's dog eat dog out here and we're, we're trying to kill this buck too so we're just going to go full send on him and, and do our best so if hopefully some of that relates to you um we are at the point now where the batteries are coming in for the trail cams we're getting sd cards loaded up we're holding out we're not going to pressure him early in the year we're going to run all mobiles back there have a really good idea of what we got going on run mobiles on his on the scrapes that he likes to go to try to get that intel get that intel off a of mobile cam go in there and strike um not not like cute strategic like oh he was here like it what it, the hell is is he got going on this is in mine in my mind the best possible way we can hunt him let's go do it not 87 ideas about well if this guy's here that the that guy might bump him up here so we could mm-hmm. go no if we think he's going to be here we're going to go here and we're going to hunt him see how that works because that's something we haven't done we're always yeah. trying to yeah. put everything together like a jigsaw puzzle when i want like a three-piece two-year-old puzzle you know yeah. what i mean fire truck helicopter <laughs> big buck got it i'm nailing this you know what I mean? that's, got that's how i'm gonna hunt this year it's just simple as i can run the cams get the data hunt what the data says go from there so you got anything else to throw on there no i just um you know looking for another year of chasing an absolute mega um very excited to see what he exactly looks like this year um we're not gonna not know when it's magnum this year yeah and um you know just take every hunt like like you're gonna kill because you you can yeah and uh gotta be gotta be aggressive but patient yeah if that makes any sense yeah you gotta be in the zone in the zone you gotta put the time in back in there and that's what we were thinking like okay if we play the edge how many times is he on the edge in a year how many times is he in his core in a year you know you just got to go where the best odds are i'd like to go back to and listen to the no picnic series which i haven't listened to it since just you know recording remembering what i said off the top of my brain of like how many times we said we were in the magnum zone or we're not in the magnum zone because it was hot or you know like when you're up there on the north like you're not you're not even in you're not even close bro so not even a remote chance that he's going to run by no like so yeah it would be cool to like go back to that and probably about five or six hunts (laughs) out of the 18 (laughs) we're on there we're on three properties bouncing (laughs) around you know so i mean what do you what do you do i mean you know it's 85 degrees out here he's probably not doing shit at 10 a.m but here you are hanging and getting ready to make a move and absolutely annihilate yourself yeah and you're like well there's always a chance and then (laughs) You you see him. You, you get s- set up for twenty. It's like this is yeah. This we is didn't see nothing. No, <laughs> and, mo- and we did see nothing a lot out there. Yeah. So. But yeah, hopefully you guys can took some intel from this. Um, this is how we plan on killing a two hundred inch on public this year. Quit the quit the cute bullshit stuff and just get in there and hunt our asses off and hunt as strategically as possible and hunt where we know he likes to be. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys. Like always, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out.